With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Hello, good evening and welcome to the build-up show from the LFC Day Trippers. It is Friday night and Liverpool play Burnley tomorrow at Anfield. With me, I have Keith, as always. Keith, how are you? Good, good. And yourself, Gav? Good. I'm very, very good. And alongside us is a good friend of mine, Jonathan Higgins. Jonathan, how are you, my man? Gents, how are you both? Oh, good, good. good. We're all good. Um, <coughs> Liverpool are chasing a, I suppose, the... the, the they're doing their best to chase a points uh, total that that pr- probably will never be matched. Although we said that two seasons ago and yeah. done a hundred, but you know, th- th- it's it's been not stop start, but you know, there's been games here and there where you think, are they actually gone for this already? No, but they're definitely chasing it. Um, they have Burnley tomorrow at Anfield. We're going to have a preview of that. We also have a couple of giveaways to do as well. Um, we're from one from Tree Retro from a competition that we ran the other night. A winner has been chosen by Tree Retro, and also there is a giveaway from 1892 with Tire. Um, they have given um one of their um followers on Instagram um some merchandise, and they've given one of their um people that watch on Hot Mic a prize, which all will be announced later on but i'm going to get straight into it this show of course is brought to you by paddy power a bookies a website and an app if you gamble please gamble responsibly and remember to do so with paddy power if you're in the comments please hit the like button please hit the share button pull it across your social media don't forget to subscribe and um, yeah you know how it all works Liverpool versus Burnley at Anfield. Um, I'm going to pour it out there. I think we're going to absolutely upend Burnley tomorrow. Um, I'm going to say it nice and early, but Keith, I'll come to you first. Um, he, Klopp, as in he, as in Klopp, kind of moved things around the other night against Brighton. And I, it, it just it has me thinking, like, is he just, he's just going for these games as he sees them and whatever happens, happens? Or is it a proper thought out process that he's looking to mix these lads up as much as he can while still winning games what do you yeah, think? 
I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, I think he is trying to throw in players like the likes of um, Nico Williams going in on left back was a tough, a tough uh, debut for the the young fella. But you know, Klopp still he wasn't thrown the game by doing that. He was still going for the win, and he still had a good, strong team. Now, I think we'll see for the rest of the season. We'll see mix and match teams, but with mm. the intent of winning the games and going and getting the points record. I think we'll see players like. We might see Curtis Jones getting a start. Maybe not tomorrow, in fairness, against Burnley, but in some of the other games, he might get a start or he might get a second half. Um, the the only thing about Burnley now is um, they're a big bastard of a team. You know, they're a physical, strong team and it's probably not ideal to be putting in Nico Williams, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott or any of the young lads. But we could see a Minamino, for example, getting a run. Um which will be interesting as well because I think a lot of people are just curious to see him getting game time, even though this is not meaningless, you know, because we are chasing the points total, but it's nearly like a pre-season, a pre-pre-season. Do you know what I mean? So it'd be good to see a, a few changes and then a forced one as well that we'll, we'll be talking about, I'm sure, um, as the show goes on. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about it now. Uh, Jonathan, there's one enforced change and it's Jordan Henderson. Um, he gets injured against Brighton the other night. Um, we feared for the worst, but it looks like Jordan Henderson has said he will miss the final couple of weeks of the season, but his rehabilitation will start straight away. And he is uh, more than confident of being back, fighting, ready to go for if there's any sort of pre-season or, of course, the league season to start. Um, I've been honest, I'm being honest, Jonathan. If, if you're going to get an injury that's going to keep you out for whatever it is, six to eight weeks, get it now rather than six to eight weeks time. It's unfortunate, isn't it, for Henderson, but it's one we can manage. Absolutely. And in a weird way, obviously, you never want to see your, your captain, your captain now, who has been such a leader, really, pretty much dragged the team throughout. And even in the last couple of games, we've seen a considerable, you know, drop in tempo when he isn't on the in the in on the pitch. Uh, we've seen that even recently. Even Murray being excited, I think was was the games are rolling to one now. But when we went with the three, Fabinho, Keita, and Ox, you thought, oh yes, this is this. We're going to have a bit of attacking prowess. There's really going to be a bit more zip. It didn't happen. Uh, he just demands so much. So you never want to be without without your captain. But you are exactly right, Gab. It's it's the perfect time, really. Um, even from his point of view, he's been you know going flat to the mat for so long as well. He probably body probably needs a break as well. You you go back even think to the Barcelona games last year. He was on he was yeah. on one leg and he's been going for a long long time. So the break will do him a bit of probably a, a blessing in disguise. I said and plus the other thing with Henderson is as well is you know that he's not going to come back. Maybe like the likes of me, me or you, Gav or other couple of guys and put on the pounds or whatever. You know what I mean? He's yeah. he's, he's going to he's going to be uh, he's going to be training. He, he'll be back as fit as a fiddle come the start of the season. So the, there's no doubt. And then plus I suppose the other tangent really, if you want to push on it. Naby has been finally been shown a bit of form. Here's a real opportunity for him just to put a put a marker down. We've seen flashes of him. I've openly said I'm a huge, huge fan of his, and I, I do believe that he will be a great addition to the to the team because he just offers that directness, that bit of zip that we don't we don't necessarily have at times in midfield. Uh, he's been putting a little bit of run together. Uh, arguably one of our best players since the since the restart. Even the Everton game, where we were by and large, we were quite dull. He offered a bit of directness, a bit of sharpness, um, and I, I've been very, very impressed with him. You know, he, he kind of hit the headlines with a lot of people in the in the Brighton game there midweek. Just the, the the rapid sharpness. You know, people are giving out about Brighton saying they're making mistakes, but 
Nabi Kid, he's in so quick. Yeah, he's, he's like he's an absolute dog. Yeah, he's coming. Like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, and look, I know the alternatives. You booted long, but you know he gives he gives that alternative. He and he's settling in, and there's a big opportunity now for him to put a marker down. I always felt that the the kind of the break and that gap, although it was never good for to be enforced the way it happened, it was a it was a blessing for the likes of Cater because his season, another season, had just been kind of almost rode off again. It had been injury after injury, flashes, then get injured, flashes, not really up to the pace. And he never really had the opportunity to get a run of games. Now is a big opportunity for him. And, you know, all the talk about Thiago or whatnot, I'd probably argue that we potentially don't need him. If we have Naby Keita, he probably fits the system a little, little bit more. So big, big opportunity. And particularly the likes of Henderson as well, when the fact that it doesn't need a, it doesn't need um, surgery is the most important really thing. You don't want a player that coming towards their end of their career, having a surgery, you, you, more opportunity for things to go wrong. Um, so no doubt Henderson will be back flying for, for next season when it starts. And as I said, a big opportunity to, to mix it up a bit more, even Chamberlain in a weird way as well. He's been a bit, a bit sluggish since the restart. Mm. He never, I don't think he's really taken his opportunities. You can argue played out of, out of position. He's not really effective when he's up up top. He like he needs to be coming from a bit deeper. But even when he has been a bit deeper, he hasn't he hasn't really shown much to date. He's he looks sluggish. So again, maybe it's the boot up the arse that he needs as well. So there's there's options there. We're not going to be stuck. But um, yeah, no, we're kind of relieved, but not relieved when we heard that news this morning. Yeah, it's it's one of those where you don't want to see you're right, you don't want to see an injury to anybody. But when you when you look at the when you take everything into consideration, you're going, it's happened. Thank God it's happened now and not let in a month's time, you know, that kind of way yeah. in a training ground incident or something like that. And then you're looking going, well, listen, we're starting in mid September. He's going to be out for the first four weeks of the season. Um, Red Bull one, two, three, four ish asks, where's Grizz? And then he follows her up with, I mean, I love you all. Uh, Grizz will be back on Sunday night. Grizz is resting his vocal cords. Um, because Grizz, <laughs> after we passed 2000 subscribers, now has to sing Fairy Tale in New York on Sunday's show. So, um, he's resting up. Um, and I'll check on him later just to make sure he's not messing. Um, I did tell him that eating ice cream is really good for his throat and he, he absolutely jumped at that opportunity <laughs> just let me tell you that um the the Kata thing is interesting you know um it, it's widely known that i think he has all the tools to be an excellent footballer um, not not to be an excellent he is an excellent footballer to be an excellent addition to the liverpool squad um him and chamberlain don't work they need to be minded too much and it, it doesn't work but if you were to play for being your one album and one or one or one of them and alternate them for the last four games of the season. I think that might be the way that you get the best out of them. It, it, it rests them enough. It nurses them through games enough and it gets them enough game time at the same time because Kate is known for breaking down after could be six to eight games. I'm sure some stats person will tell me it's, it's actually an average of 5.46, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, it's so I, I, I think you're right. I think it might work. Um, it might work out. That Henderson is absolutely fine, but it, it gives those two lads in particular in midfield a chance to alternate job share for the last four yeah. games. And without, you know, trying to go, well, he's better or he's better. It actually works perfect for them both. Um, Keith, we go into this and we are on 92 points. Yeah. We have four games left. Um, the four games, of course, Burnley at home. Arsenal away, Chelsea home, Newcastle away. So it's a possible 104 points. We can only drop three points over that period in order to um, get 101 and be the most points gatherers ever in the Premier League. Um, what way do you see us approaching this? Now, I'm not looking for a line for you, but what way do you see us approaching it? Do you see us being um, similar to the Jordan of the Week? 
uh, where where we're quite intense starting off trying to put the game to bed early or is it one way you manage the game and your quality comes through I'd like to think we'll sort of go at them and blast them to be honest um, but Kev O'Sullivan made a good point in the comments that about Naby starting um, he played the full 90 did he there or he's got a lot of minutes in his no we didn't his, play the full 90 no, he did he uh, oh yeah he yeah. played the full 90 before that wasn't it yeah uh, but back-to-back games, it could be a bit of a tough one for him. But, you know, this is the chance, as uh, Jonathan and yourself have alluded to, you know, he needs to take this chance and get those games. I'm a huge fan of Naby Keita. I think he's brilliant. And I think he, Jonathan said he suits the system, the suits the style of play that we have. But it, it's just durability with him. And, you know, if he keeps letting you down and keeps letting you down, not by his play, but just by his, his body not being able to show any resilience it does get a bit frustrating but I think I think he'll I, he could be key for the rest of the season and I agree with you Gav they cannot play him and Ox can't play in the same team right? and I was like Jonathan when you see them in there you're playing Villa at home and you think oh this could be good you know this could be the one where they click and then they don't and it takes Hendo and Genie to come on to, to get the best unlock Naby I just hope it's not like that Villa game you know at home, familiar surroundings, just go out there. Burnley are a, are a decent team, you know. I thought they'd be one that had struggled coming back after the the lockdown because I thought they might rely on sort of crowd and momentum and things like that. But they've, they've done well, you know. So they'll come in with a game plan. We know what the game plan will be. We just have to play our game and get stuck into them from the first minute, you know, not try and walk our way in. I think if you can get into them and force them into mistakes because they're a good team, Burnley, but they're not the most, the best football team. And I think if you let them settle into their style, they'll get comfortable like that, you know, and they'll be hitting long balls, they'll be hitting diagonals, they'll be looking for headers and all that. And they will be a threat to us. And it depends on airline up as well because I know people are mentioning in their cold sweat all over the place about Lovren being back in training. If you put Lovren into a, a game like this, people will be nervous and panicking as well. Well, the, al- the algorithm around uh, Lovren is that he declares himself fit. He usually does an interview, um, you know, in, within about 26 hours of kickoff and then it all goes um, yeah. all goes off the wall then. Usually when he starts a game really well and decides he's the best defender in the world and then tries to do everything um, and it, it doesn't work out well. Jonathan, just on Burnley, um, before we touch on the football stuff, what do you make of this stuff around um, Sean Dyche? Because over the last week to 10 days, I think, and it could be a bit longer than that, I'm not sure, because it was only when i seen it, there seems to be an awful lot of um, talk around his future. Um, I think a couple of players that were out of contract and were looking to kind of extend, you know, because of the COVID, and it wasn't extended, and the he seems to have a little bit of, not a war with the club, but there seems to be a little bit of an issue there. Surely Borne aren't gonna gonna um annoy him enough that he walks away, are you? Well there's definitely there's definitely issues there. And as you said, with the most players that, that were out of contract with the normal calendar football calendar year automatically got theirs extended. Um the, just to, to cover the start of the, the project restart. Um but Burnley had a few players out of contract. Now I think they probably had decided that they were going to move on and it was at the end of the the, the season. Jeff Hendrick I suppose from our point of view the most high profile one but um i, I think the it, it appears that the chairman from a, looked at it from a, he looked at the table he went he went do you know what lads we're safe i'm going to save a few bob here by not renewing these players for x amount we don't really need them we'll get by what we'll get by with what we have to date mm. and it seems to really really piss Sean dice off and you've seen him 
with the, he's, hasn't had taken the full allocation of the extended um, subs bench and he's even thrown a couple of goalkeepers on there as well so all's clearly not right there the Sean Dice thing you know he's kind of one of these players you know maybe akin really to David Miles back at Everton where he's doing really well playing a particular style of football with a mid-table team but the next step up is going to be the biggest thing and I have to say I listened to uh, an interview with, with Dice uh, maybe a month or two back it was it wasn't a general football one it was more about sports performance I think it might even have been um Jake Humphreys from from BT's um podcast where um he was just describing about personality and sports psychology and stuff like that and I have to say I was completely taken aback with him because the impression that he kind of gives on the sideline is he's there with his white shirt it's folded up nice and he spends 90 minutes roaring at the players kick it long kick it long get down the channels win second balls etc etc but the, it, quite the contrary actually from the the level of even simple things like respect and building team spirit I have to say I was I was openly taken back a bit by it but the challenge really is for him is he's like Burnley, they're an effective team, but when you see Burnley play in the flesh, and particularly at Turf Moor, they are a horrible, horrible team to watch. Literally, the simple things like uh, it's great from from their point of view, and he's very much getting the most out of his players, and they're pumped up at the last. And I can see why the locals would be so impressed, and there's this pride, and there's everything like that in it. But like simple things like the ball is played over your top of your man's run, and you just stand in front of him, smash into him, and pretend it's an accident. You know that sort of stuff. There's mm. there's all these kind of dark arts to the game where they're just horrible, a horrible team they can be very effective at times particularly when they go along to the likes of Wood and even like Rodriguez is in very good form now as well mm. I think McNeil uh, on left wing is a fantastic footballer and uh, um, a serious talent as well but he spends most of his time as a glorified left back you know up and down up and down up and down but the problem is if you take a Sean Dyson, you take him, you he you you say he deserves a kind of a big club or a step up in his footballing career. The problem for me really is is Sean Dice going to adapt and and show another form of kind of a football and style, philosophy, etc. Uh, or does he try and replicate what he's done to date, which isn't really going to work at a, at a top team? And the argument all really is is oh he's getting the best out of his current players, but we haven't seen signs that he's going to be adapting a bit more because you'd imagine like say even Roy Hodgson strikes to mind straight away. He, he he did wonders with that Fulham team. Remember that Europa run? They yeah. were playing actually decent football. You know, they they were decent enough to watch, but it was a particular style. Now, obviously, there was other bigger issues at the club, but his style of football, it just didn't adapt, even though he's such an impressive CV. You look, it goes back for long, and he served in so many different countries as well. But he was just like a fish out of water. And you, you have to fear that something similar would happen with, with Dice here as well, if you were to... Say Mourinho leaves in the summer. Say, would he try? Would he be able to step up like that? I'm not particularly sure he would be. He would have to show elements to his management that I haven't seen well, to date. I I I thought when to be honest with you, when when Everton were looking for the manager the, for, the, before they brought in not Ancelotti, the fella before him, Marco um, Silva. Marco Silva. I yeah. thought he should have been banging Sean Dyche's door down because the thing about Sean Dyche is. He would have suited everything down to the ground because everything loved his dogs of war thing. They loved that we go out and we bash Horse people. And, and he would, he would have, yeah, he would have literally went, Sean Dyche would have went in there and went, listen, I don't care how good you think you are. This is what you're going to do for me. A little bit like Klopp, but not on the same level where Klopp comes in and says, you think you're going, I'm going to run you for 90 <laughs> minutes and, and with, with the sole intention of upsetting the other side and then we'll start playing our football. But I just, I'd be absolutely amazed if, if Burnley, 
don't do something here to appease him um, between now and the start of next season because he would be a massive loss to him. I don't rate him as a manager um, in the way that, you know, he, he's done a great job. I don't rate him in the way he could move up, like you've just said, like if a Spurs were looking for a manager or, I don't know, if... If you want to move up, throw someone that should be in the top six or seven. And, you know, would he be able to? I think he's at or his West level. West Ham are in yeah, he's, he, sort of yeah, level. He's, he's at his level. Um, but, like, Burnley, I think, could could drop like a stone if 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 he isn't appeased in some way. But it's just interesting over the last yeah. seven to ten days, looking going, the last thing you need as a club, whether you're safe or not, during this time of uncertainty, is to upset the most important fella at the club. It's Do absolutely... Um, come on. Charlton with Alan Kerbishley. Yes, it's a very similar thing. You know, yeah. decent the mid-table team survived in the Premiership yeah. for a couple of years. Decided they wanted a bit more. Didn't really like him. Fell out with him, and God knows where they are now. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's it. It's just it, it's it's an absolute fit. And I think uh, by the same token, Bournemouth are in that position where they think if they get rid of that manager, they drop like a stone. Whereas that manager is the reason they're dropping like a stone. They need yeah. to get rid of him. He's there too long. He's too comfortable. The players are too comfortable. And there'll be a championship team next season. And then Eddie Howe will still get the job because Eddie Howe can manage in the championship. But it's 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 mental. Um, Keith, back to you. We have these four games left. We're talking about experimenting and we're talking about this. But there's been a lot of talk around who gets medals, right? Yeah. Now, you have to play five games to get a medal, from yeah. what I know, right? Um, but... I think the club are given 40 medals officially. You can get up to 40 medals, yeah. You can't okay. get more. You can get up to 40. Yeah, but you can go and make your own. Surely where to get the major and go and get the major. That's what City done the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah, but 40 medals, all right. Does it come down to where if you play five games or not, it doesn't really matter? He probably has 30 players and 10 staff that he give medals to. Is, yeah, are we I'm, making too much out of this? And the reason I'm asking is because there's been a lot of talk around, oh, Harvey Elliott could have got minutes there a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, what about Curtis Jones? And, oh, Nico Williams got another performance there. He might get the five. And uh, does it really matter? I suppose it doesn't in that sense. Um, the club can do what they want, really, with getting extra medals made, as Jonathan said, City done, you know, to get there. Um, get there guys and I know Pep Guardiola is big into it, nearly making a community out of everybody you know it doesn't matter what part you play in the squad even on the coaching team you know everyone gets a medal the the fella who lies about the attendance is just as important as Sergio Aguero to Man City do you know what I mean so he does have that sort of uh, attitude of everyone getting a medal, so they made sure they got it. I think Klopp will do the same. Like Someone put in their WhatsApp the other day, Gav, about, could have been Grizz about Andy Lonergan getting a medal. And Andy Lonergan's as far away from me. I'm probably ahead of him in the pecking order to get a game for Liverpool. I'd say so. But oh, I'm good. Trust me, you've never seen me playing. I'm a hidden talent. But yeah. Very hidden, I'd say. But I would, oh, yeah, it's very much so. But I would <laughs> like say... Like Shergar, yeah, come on. Well, you know, again, another another sporting legend. I'm just happy to be in that same sentence. <laughs> the same sentence. Yeah. yeah. But um, the thing with Lonergan, you know, he's been a very important part of the squad without getting anywhere near the team. And he's been nearly like, in, I said this on a show a while ago, the goalkeeping team that they have there now, no one likes, we've, we've all got the hump with Adrian, right, over at how the Champions League and FA Cups are to Peter though. But, Akteberg, Adrian, 
Allison, Cuevin Kelleher, Andy Lonergan. They do have a good team there and they do have videos and they, you know, on Instagram, the, the, they do good sessions and all. And I think Lonergan is an important part. I would imagine Klopp would like to give Lonergan a medal. You know, he was never going to get five games to, to earn a medal. No. But he's an important part of, of the squad. And we know Klopp is huge on that as Guardiola is as well on yeah. rewarding everybody. So I wouldn't be surprised if they got extra medal. We maybe are making too much out of the the four appearances. Uh, I, I think uh, the reason I ask is because, like, listen, if like Owen Bork says, there Klopp brings all the club staff, including canteen staff, etc., on team holidays with the players. The lunch ladies could end up with a medal if there's one left over, right? Mm. The reason I'm asking that is because we there seems to be a lot of comment around young players or players yeah. on the fringe of five appearances. Yeah, and the only reason people want them to play is get medals. I don't want Harvey Elliott on a pitch to get a medal. I want Harvey Elliott on the pitch because Harvey Elliott deserves to be on a pitch. Exactly, yeah. I'm not pushing him on. Like, <clears throat> we seen it years ago in 2004, I think it was, where it was 10 appearances and Martin yeah. Keown was injured for most of the season and came back and Wenger managed to get him nine appearances, I think, and he played Portsmouth away and he'd made two subs and then Wenger pretended he was bringing on somebody else just to get give Martin Keown the hump that he wasn't going to get to the 10th appearance. But <clears throat> that's the different end of the scale. That's a player near the end of his career looking for a medal. But, but Keith, I want, I want Harvey Elliott, I want Nico Williams or Keanu Hoover or, or Curtis Jones or whoever to be on the pitch because Klopp wants them on the pitch and believes in them to be on the pitch. Not because, oh, I'll get these four or three or four lads in as much as I can over the last four games to ensure a medal. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, I do. I agree 100% because one of the huge issues, and this is me putting my old man head on, is the you don't want young players thinking they've made it when they haven't made it, right? And you don't want them thinking this is it. You know, I've got a Premier League medal. Like, look, it was a bit of fun, Rian Bruce, that was his Champions League medal when he went to get his hair cut last year after the final. You know Fair what I mean? Paper. Great, lovely. You know, that's that's what it's all about. You're part of the squad, you're part of the squad. <clears throat> but you don't want them just, you know, being given that and thinking this is it, this is easy, I don't have to walk. You want them to get the, the carrot nearly of... Look, Harvey, next season, you could be, you know, getting the games that Nico Williams is getting or the games Curtis mm. Jones is getting, you know, but you just have to give us 5% extra and push on mm. that bit more and making it a bit hungry. And everything about Liverpool that we know is all about meritocracy, whether that be by, you know, um, contracts where they're performance-based, uh, bonuses and all that are all, you know, the, the base salaries may not be the highest, but the, the bonuses are huge. So it's an enticement to, to do better. And with Klopp, with training, it's very much, you know, if you're performing well in training, Klopp will sort of put you in, which sounds very sort of, you know, Leinster Senior League, but he does stick to it. You know what I mean? He does mm. walk on the training ground. So uh, it's it's some... Um, yeah, I think I think it can make them too not pampered, but I think he wants to reward them, but keep them hungry as well. It's it's a fine line. Yeah, um, Barry Devon Devaney is uh, he says that's some word, Keith. He's obviously word, really impressed it? by the word uh, meritocracy. Meritocracy, um, do you like yeah. that? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice word. I like it. I like uh, Stu Max says Klopp and Pep are a class above in keeping people grounded that's why the EPL will remain a two-team league the other managers are nowhere near the levels they are elite um, couple of competitions we've had uh, Owen Bork won the one last night when me well, and Keith were sound we start buying people jerseys um, so he won that uh, but 
1892 with her. I don't know if people have checked these out. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter as well, but that stuff is deadly. I love it. Um, they do t-shirts and they do caps. Obviously, Liverpool related. We ran a competition with them um, over the last, I'd say, three weeks where people literally had to follow them on Instagram and follow us on Hot Mike. And seriously, their stuff is deadly. Um, yeah. I was talking to the lads today. I was looking up their, their Instagram account. 1892 with her. There's some really good gear in it. They're coming out with new designs um, nearly every week. Now, on their Instagram account, there was a guy called Mark Holland. One for them. I'm announcing that. Mark is probably not watching, um, but it will be announced on their Instagram page. Um, but, Jonathan, I have a job for you. So what I done was um, Hot Mike gave us 10 of our followers at random. And sorry, I have them on the phone here. And they sent them to me. And I says, what I'll do is I'll just get Jonathan to give me a number between one and 10. And whoever he picks wins. So, Jonathan, give me a number between one and 10. Eight. 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 The winner is Megan McCallion. Um, well Megan, in, I Megan. Think was, I think she commented Congrats. here earlier. Megan, <coughs> I thought she'd seen her at the start, but um, Megan McCallion, um, I think she follows us on Twitter as well. So she I'll did. get Megan's details and I'll get her on to 1892 with her. She picks what she wants and the LFC Day Trippers will look after it. So Megan McCallion is the winner of that one. Um, there is a tree retro one. I'll announce that in a little, um, a little while as well. There's a tree retro one, um, which was the original competition we were running. And then me and Keith hijacked it and ran another one last night. But the original one we ran, um, we have a winner for that. But, um, Three Retro picked the winner. We didn't pick the winner. They have picked the winner for us, um, which is cool. So we didn't have to put any walk in. It was deadly. Um, so, yeah, Megan is the winner. Um, she was on there earlier. I'm nearly sure she was. But look, she'd probably be in and out. But it's all good. It's all good. Um, let me see. Let me see. What have I got here? Um, oh, yeah. Quickly, let, let's talk about this. Before we go on about lineups and stuff, a little Chris Brack asks, uh, where's this confidence come from that City's band will be exonerated? Now, um, this is obviously a preview of Liverpool v Burnley, but it is a topic of the day, so I want to bring it up. Jonathan, um, it's, it's, look, it's, it's dragged on that the whole COVID-19 has dragged it on even more. You know, I, we were doing a show two nights ago and there was talking, no, that there's rumors coming in and they're getting their two years, they're getting the actual two years. And then today, um, I think, uh, his name was Cheeseman, wasn't it? Ian Cheeseman, yeah. Ian Cheeseman, he's a he's Ian a he's a journal. Yeah. He's um he's a bit of a city cheerleader, yeah. Um but Jonathan, this looks he's saying that City the rumours coming out now that City will be completely exonerated. Pep Guardiola has quoted to say that he's seen the argument put forward by Manchester City and he's completely confident that Manchester City will receive no punishment and will be in the Champions League next season. What do you make of all this? Well, where do you even start here, really? Um, like, I'm not surprised with the, like, always with these big decisions, they get leaked out kind of a, a day or two previously just to soften the blow. There'll be comms back and forth with the clubs involved. And like like anything these days, it, no, nothing is watertight, so it starts to eke out a bit and it kind of softens the blow to what what may or may not come. I'm not I'm not surprised. Uh, there was definitely no way in my mind, and I was the City were going to get banned for two years. That, that was never going to happen. Mm. Um, I thought even one year might have been a push, but I wouldn't be surprised. You, like you, you look at it like FFP for what we know is completely dead and irrelevant. I think we've known that for for, for some time now as well. Yeah, the fact that Abramovich is starting to, when it looked like he had just gone the more sensible spender, you know, save him, save up the money. Now a lot of it, of, of course, was impacted by their transfer ban, but even still, 
prior to that, there'd been a lot of measures put in place just to just stop the throwing of the money around the place. You know, all the loan players had been starting to sell off a bit. They hadn't been splashing the cash around a bit. And he'd gone and got things. And from a business point of view, I believe they're, they've got a bit of a shape on it when they wore another mess. But the fact that he's spent the Wenger, the Werner money straight uh, cashed out in there, and there's just talk of, you know, a couple more big high profile signs. That for me really is enough to know that the, probably the city, city thing is, is less and less likely that it's going to be impacted. I suppose ultimately, without being too cynical, there's just too much money involved in the game, and um, yeah. the the impact that while it would have been a big kind of sugar rush of a story, wow, 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 one of the biggest clubs from a financial point of view are not involved in in the European competition. It would have been fun to laugh at, and from from our cynical point of view, it was never really going to happen in my mind, and it wasn't. Particularly when you when you delve a bit more into it and the, the arguments that they had in about the evidence allegedly being you know obtained in a wrong manner and as a result pretty much that evidence is null and volu- null and void there and you it kind of gets even stronger and stronger that it isn't going to happen like from if we if we kind of rephrase it from our point of view like initially I thought when I heard oh this is great a couple of the players will will leave. Um, uh, De Bruyne and the likes, they're probably not going to stay around two years without Champions League football at that stage of their career, having won a lot in a particular club. They might look to De Bruyne and maybe look at go go to Spain or something like that and play in a league that he hasn't done to date. But from a Liverpool point of view, I think I think it's a bless I think it's probably better that City are in the Champions League because City City without Champions League, that's yeah. their that's their kind of distraction. That's their bit of eye candy at the end of the room at the moment, really. That's their obsession that they as a football club need to start winning European competitions and they need to rack up a few pretty quickly. Like for the amount of expenditure that they have to date and the quality of coaching and players, it's actually laughable that they haven't, they haven't won a European competition. It's just crazy. Like you consider even, I always go back to look at the all five team that Rafa won the Champions League with and you telling me the squad of City's caliber can't, can, can't win one it's just crazy but like to, i'm rambling on but like from from that point of view if they had didn't have that distraction and they're just completely hell out on the league for the next couple of years that would have left us um from a very personal point of view in a very sticky situation because you you remember yourself even a couple of seasons ago when we went on on that big rush where we didn't have champions league football yeah. it was just league 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 and that was the priority and it allowed us to get advantage over other teams where the rivalry is so intense, like City are clearly, clearly wound up by their their lack of performance really to date this season, and Liverpool winning the league has completely rubbed them up the, la- the last the wrong way. You only have to look at some of the the pettiness and some of their the player social media comments after the mm. after the four 0 victory. Like it's it's I don't think it's in terms of um, kind of. You know, you take the two clubs as a whole, Liverpool versus Man City City. It's not really a rivalry in terms of the historical value. It is, it's a modern day rivalry. But in terms of the pettiness, it's, it's right up there. And the stuff with Sterling and a few others to like is, is really, really going to spice at home. And I suppose from the neutral, it's one hell of a battle between Pep versus Klopp, the two, the two squads playing very good football against each other. That's a rivalry that's going to run the next couple of years. But yeah, no, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, I really, really can't, I can't see anything but them getting off with maybe a fine at the mark at the most, which won't really bother them. And to be honest with you, as much yeah, as I would have loved it, or if, if much as it was, if I would have loved it, I'm kind of happy with that, with that scenario, I have to say. Yeah, a, fo- a fine, a fine means fuck all. Let's be honest yeah. about it. No, well, it's um, pretty just pretty like. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, to any club, let's be honest. They're worth millions and millions and millions. Yeah. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. No, giving them... Uh, 80 grand fine. Don't yeah, you know, 80 quid and three penalty points, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's... um. But like uh, somebody says there, Miguel Delaney has completely rubbish. They're saying that casts only give the club and the UEFA their ruling hours before it's released um, yeah. to, you know, to the media and stuff like that. Um, the thing I'd say before we move on there, Gav, um, mm. and, you know, Cheeseman is breaking that. And as Jonathan said, the club will probably get an idea and start ripping it out and all that. But City have been very cocky and confident about this from the very start. So I don't know if I'm as believing, you know, what's coming out from Ian I, I did, I did read something. I did read something saying that when this stuff is thrown up to see, their tactic seems to be to show complete confidence in themselves. Yeah. They we don't say, let's, let's, we're, yeah, we're going to go through this process and yeah. we'll see what happens. It seems to be complete yeah. another confidence and cockiness towards it. Um, but listen, <sighs> I don't even know if Man City fans can deny what's going on with yeah. financial irregularities. You know, when they're spending 60 million, million quid or whatever, on, on, or 11 million quid on plants for around the stadium, like, yeah. come on, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's crazy. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, there is there is different ways to, you know, if you look at it and go see your every Champions League for two years, they're going to throw everything they have at the league. Yeah. And that could affect us. If, if they get a year gone, you know, they're still going to throw everything at the league. But you don't know, if they get two years... Pep won't be there. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. Pep lives for the Champions League and he can say as all he wants and all this shit about how much he loves that city and stuff like that. Would you stop? He was at he was at the club he loved the most and he walked away. Um he, he loved it in Germany and he walked away. And he do you know what? He'll walk away because he doesn't like being beaten. And um financial irregularities will have nothing to do with it because he doesn't like it when it's put up to him. It's as simple as that. Um the, he walks away from Bayern because he couldn't win a Champions League with them. Um because it was put up to him. And he'll do the same at City. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. That's due out on Monday, but it'll be very interesting to see what it is and, and stuff like that. The argument that, that you know, oh, the evidence was found in the wrong way. The fucking evidence is the evidence. Yeah. You know, it's found. Well, that's you, what you they know. seem to be pinging it on, like technical things, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we'll have to wait and see. The other thing is, if they get any sort of reprimand, whether that's a fine or a ban or a suspended ban, the FA and the Premier League are going to have to look at it because they've been found guilty. Once you've made pay any money, you're found guilty. And the pressure then will be on the FA and, and the Premier League to do something. Then again, they mightn't be found guilty and we're on we go, but that will be the death of FFP and probably the death of UEFA because if they want to be so big about what they're going to do and then this happens, I'm sorry, it doesn't really, you don't really last them, um, you don't really last very long in my opinion. But listen, back to the game. Um, and um, we are talking Liverpool Burnley. Uh Keith, I'm gonna to come to you first. Um give me a lineup. See, it's hard to predict the lineup at the moment. I think it will be obviously Allison and Goal. I think it'll be I think if Lovren's fit, Lovren will be playing this one. Oh. With Virgil. 
um, with Trent and with Robbo. I think it'll be Fabinho, Genie, and Nabi. And I think it will be Sadio, Minamino, and Mo. Mm. Okay, interesting. Come back to you in a minute. So a few changes. Mm. Um, Jonathan, give us a lineup. Uh, well, Alison Trent, Van Dyke. I'm still have a sneaky feeling that if Lovren, depending on how well he's trained and how fit he actually is, don't be surprised if he's thrown in. It's mm. the physical presence against Wood as well. Yeah. Gomez, as much as we love him, has been flaky since the restart. He's that couple of bit edges off. You know, saw a couple of mistakes. Even Connolly skinned him midweek as well. There's a couple of couple of scenarios there where he's just been a little bit off the boil. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Lovren does does slot in there. Um, yeah, no, Robbo will be back as well. Um, Fabino, Keita. There's a lot of talk about Millie, but I, I'm just not sure. I probably, I'd probably go Genie as well. And I think he'll go with the three. I think I don't think he'll start Minamino against them. I think he'll go with the with the normal three. Mm. Okay, I think he goes with Allison. I think he goes with. Um, I would be surprised if put Nico Williams right back because. Not against Listen, McNeil. No, yeah, I put him in. Put him in in his normal yeah. position. Um, you've given you've given Robertson a rest. Give Trent the same. And if you want to try Williams, try him there um, in his normal position. I'd go with Williams. I'd give him another run because you I'd love to see him. He gets he gets taken off at half time to the night. And listen, it shouldn't knock him. He's he's a young lad. You know. Um, He's only had a handful of games away at Brighton. You know, their right back was absolutely flying. He was playing in a little bit of an unfamiliar position. I'd try to give him another go. I think Robertson does come in. I think it would be Van Dijk. I think it's a fair point on Lovren because he's probably looking at Arsenal and Chelsea as his next two league games and thinking, I want to have Gomez ready for that. You know, um, midfield, I think I think it has to be Fabinho. Fabinho and Kate, I think, will definitely play. It's just whether it's it's Milner or Wijnaldum for me. Um, I wouldn't have Oxley Chamberlain there. Um, he needs to just keep Oxley Chamberlain comes across to me as someone that needs to sit down and read the book on Liverpool again a little bit as the way we play and what's expected. And that's that, that's not me lashing him out. It's just he looks a bit game management wise. He looks a bit awful for me. But that'll come back. He's he's a great asset to us. And up front, I think we have to see Minamino at some stage. I think we do. But I think he goes with the favourite front three, especially yeah. with Salah chasing down a um chasing down a golden boot. I think is he four off or three off or something like that? Four yeah. off. Four off. Yeah. So he's four games left and he'd fancy himself against these. He'd fancy himself against Arsenal. He'd fancy himself against Chelsea and he'd fancy himself against Newcastle. You wouldn't be surprised if Salah put eight goals up in the next four games. That's just yeah. the way he goes. Um but but I think that might be that might be the lineup. And while um before I get your predictions and before we go to um, the last prize giving ceremony of the evening, um, let's talk about that fella. Let's talk about this fella. It's most. So what we do with these player profiles is we talk about the impact that these players have had on the season and with us becoming champions. Um, Jonathan, I'm going to come to you first. Mo Salah, um, we've seen the stat the other day, 140 odd games, 100 goal contributions to goals, whether that's goals or assists, 100 and 143, I think it was. But what season um, has Mo Salah had for you? Excellent. Completely underrated player. And sadly, that's by us fans as well. Yeah. Um, if he's in a different era, even three, four years ago, he's an absolute 
superstar club legend, which he should be already, but I, I don't necessarily feel he is. Um, he gets a lot of accusations from 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 opposition teams for for driving, which for diving, etc. Which, th- which I think is absolutely laughable. I don't think he Scandal. gets a fraction. I don't think he gets a fraction of the penalties that that he deserves. And even even midweek there again, like he, he stamped on again, and how it isn't a penalty is beyond me. Particularly when you see some of them absolute farts of decisions last night. But um, he's complete. He's completely underrated. Like these stats are from a, from a an inverted right right winger. I know he, he's the license to to, to 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 slip inside and front, but it's it's just it's just simply remarkable. I don't think I don't think we appreciate and we realise and you see, you see the stats and you think, wow, and the biggest thing really is and I'm guilty of this myself as well, is you're asked the question, which one of the front three do you want to would you do without? And people usually they go you you'll keep you'll keep Sadio and you you'll keep Bobby just for the importance that they have the team. But We've yeah. seen that even in the derby when he's not there, it, it's a completely different ball game, and everyone goes on a, a little bit over the top. And, and I think at times it's probably justified, maybe his selfishness, particularly when he's coming towards the tail end of the season, where he's just trying to hunt down a couple of more goals. And obviously the the away game at Torf Moor was was where they completely went <laughs> went to went to town altogether, and we had those kind of funny little scenes. But that's the type of drive, that's the type of players that you know, brings your average, average players to the top level. And it's, I think it's something that he's developed in himself after he kind of got kicked back in the teeth a bit after the Chelsea move didn't mm-hmm. didn't move on. Like he was knocking the lights out of Basel, comes to Chelsea. That's that's a good Chelsea side as well. They're still playing a good bit of football. They're, they're throwing a bit of shapes. It doesn't work out. He, he goes off and, you know, he re- revitalizes his career and he's come back so, so determined to prove a point. And he's just hell-bent and even... Even his interviews after the games, even the, the I loved his interview after after Brighton. There, he's like, uh, "We'll see, we'll see." But you can see the level yeah. of determination across his eyes, and it's a it's a game where he's scored two and an assist. But yet, the only thing is in his mind is, "Oh, how the hell did I miss that header at the end? I should have put that away." Um, which is great. And I, I, look, there's okay. You can argue that there's a couple of maybe phases play. The one that comes into mind is where he's down the left. And he probably could have squared it to Manny, but the game is relatively over at that stage. I don't necessarily mind to see that. I like that bit of snide for, for too long. Liverpool teams have been too nice. They've been both with the, in terms of the opposition and themselves. It hasn't been that drive. So I I, I love that bit of a bit of now. You don't want to, to go overboard, but I don't I don't think it does. I think I think a lot of his stuff in both in terms of that selfishness and maybe a little bit of the, the diving as well is completely over exaggerated, but. What an absolute baller we have, and you know he's rarely injured as well. He's frightening. He's he's adapted well. You know, even in terms of you wouldn't necessarily when he came think he's a good worker. He's going to track back. You see, you saw him there even in stages. This is the game where he's chasing the golden boot, but he's back chasing. He's back putting his he's you know shifting for the team. It's just. I don't really. I keep on. And the best way to describe him is we don't appreciate just how good he is. He should be the, almost have the statue built up him at this stage. And obviously, I'm going a little bit overboard. But compared to some of the players that are club legends, he is completely miles. And I think he's more to offer as well. And particularly if we do kind of tuck, tweak the system again, maybe next year and get more Kate involved from as a starting team we can push on a bit more where he can even play a little bit more centrally even maybe as a two up front there is a lot more options for him to go even more but an unbelievable player serious serious talent and what a signing he's been 
I think it's interesting, Jonathan says there, Keith, that he's a bit under uh, underappreciated by um, some of our own fans even. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair point. It's a great um, point. You know, he... And, and somebody else said there, if he didn't score the 44 goals in his fourth season, he'd be actually more appreciated today um, yeah. because the, the level he set himself. Um, you know, J- Jono says there, as soon as praises him for being selfish, all the great goal scorers are. He, Keith, he clicks into a gear, doesn't he, at certain stages of the season when he always that golden boot and he decides, fuck yeah. this, I'm not passing. I'm just going for this now um, for the last whatever amount of games it is. But what sort of season do you think Mo Salah has had? I'd, I'd nearly echo what Jonathan has said. It's He's so underrated. We all underrate him. You know, we all jump on the fact that he should have got a hat-trick against Brighton or he should have passed, you know, he should have rolled one across without thinking, well, he's at that bag of You know, he's at the getting a brace and he's, he's just, he's phenomenal. You know, he is phenomenal. He's breaking records all over the place. He's breaking the records of absolutely wonderful centre-forwards and he's playing on the right wing. Um, Jonathan touched on something about his Chelsea. You know, he, he was he was phenomenal at Basel. He was being called the Egyptian Messi when we were trying to sign him back then. And he goes to Chelsea and he just doesn't get a look in. And Mourinho was the coach there at the time. And there was a few. I mean, De Bruyne, I think, was in that squad as well. And Lukaku, and they weren't getting a sniff either. So there was a, a lot of talent there, but they just couldn't get get on the on the pitch. So he goes off to Fiorentina and he he does brilliant there on loan, there's a bit of schadenfreude then, Fiorentina think they keep him, goes to Roma, but he comes to us and scores that amount of goals in the fourth season and it's been held against him ever since, you know, the the penalty thing is is disgraceful and Martin Tyler, without going on to him, his carry on about Mo Salah, backed up by Jamie Carragher, I have to say, <coughs> is nothing short of a disgrace. You should all stop watching Sky, lads. I know, yeah. Seriously, if Liverpool are playing on a Sunday, a Saturday at three o'clock, just go on to your IPTV that you know everyone has, right? And watch it on NBC, right? And then if they're, if it's on Sky, mute the fucking thing. Stick, yeah. I don't know. I might just stick. start down hot mic and commentate on it myself. You know what? Just stick the bleeding Noel and sisters greatest hits on in the background mute yeah, sky yeah, and have a lovely afternoon for yourself. A bit of Joe Dolan, whatever you wanted. Like it's 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 you know it's. it's I don't the, know why people listen to them. But the, the amount of times they mention about him going down easy on stonewall penalties is, mm. is disgraceful. And then, well, he was dragged back the other night and Martin Tyler straight away, we were even discussing the subject, yeah. said, oh, well, he is known for going down easy under a challenge. Yeah. You know, it's terrible. So, but you <laughs> see, just, Man United have got about 19 penalties this season. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's a phenomenal amount of penalties. And when you look at the amount of dives they've had and nobody mentions about Bruno Fernandes going down easy or, you know, and I'm not trying to label Bruno Fernandes as a diver. I'm just saying he doesn't get tag, tagged with that brush, but Mo does. And mm. it's not fair. You know, it's it's really not fair. He goes down maybe theatrically, but there's always contact. But you, you have know? to exaggerate things at this stage. Yeah, exactly. And listen, the exaggeration has gone out of the game. You don't need, you can do it if you want, but the cold hard light of day is, see all these penalty decisions. They're all checked by VAR, right? So if you're caught it's you're, it's a penalty, you know. But yeah. players always feel like they need to go down and exaggerate things. Like the yeah. Bruno Fernandez one the other day was off the wall. Yeah, he puts one of the foot on the ball. He puts his foot on the ball. He drags the ball away. He stands on the defender, <clears throat> right? Who goes down, and then Fernandez goes down. And he gives a penalty, which is mad. Now listen, 
I think Bruno Fernandes is a great player. He's playing yeah. really well for United, although they've so. beaten, I think they've probably beaten four of the bottom six yeah, in the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they've, I think they're, they're awarding them now. They're awarding them the 1970 World Cup, I think, yeah. they're, they're that good, you know. But for Salah himself, like for me, the season he had has just been, do you know what the way people say, oh, that's just Van Dyke's level? This is yeah. just Salah's level now. Exactly. You know, and he has, is it 18 league goals? 19. 19. 19. Yeah. 19. He, might, uh, he must be around 25-ish for the season. I'd yeah, say somewhere nice around thing. that. Um, if you add that to the 44 and there's probably 30 plus last season, um, you know, well, obviously he's, he's up there, isn't he, with, with whatever amount of goals. Well, he's um, got 100 in three seasons. Well, he's got 100 goal contributions in three seasons. Yeah, so 70, what was it? Is that just Premier League or? Yeah, I think I think that the the number of is Premier League, like but that, yeah. he's he's way up there. Um, he's a better scoring rate than Suarez had, Torres had. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be far off. I don't know what it is with Owen and Fowler and stuff like that, but he's a ridiculous player. Yeah. He's an absolutely ridiculous player, and he can frustrate. You know, when he cuts inside and he has yeah. to touch and he tries to bend it, he can frustrate at times. But you have to remember. Mo Salah is committing that many people to him that when he gets a little touch on something, the chances of him finding you with a ball is minimal because yeah. he's that many fucking people around him. So he is trying to put, it's literally eye of a needle stuff, whether he's passing it or whether he's shooting, because there's that many people trying to get to him. He scores a goal at Bournemouth, I think it was, it might have been the season before last, this fourth season it might have been, and he gets it down, way to Bournemouth, first half, he gets it down the inside right channel, and he cuts in and he takes three, four, five touches and he just takes that little touch and bang, it's in the it's in the back of the net. He hits her across the keeper. And that's what he's trying to do all the time. I think he's a phenomenal player. He has um he's seventy three goals and twenty three assists for Liverpool. Yeah. Outrageous. So, um, outrageous. That, Jonathan yeah, touched on something there. He as has well. to have more goals than seventy three. Seventy three must be Premier League. It must be Premier League, but he must be close to hundred goals for Liverpool now. Yeah, Premier League goals because it's uh if he got 30 and he got 30 goals in the league, didn't he? Yeah, but like he got, but there's 44. And he's got 44. This season. Yeah, I, 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 I think he's mo- last season. Yeah, so yeah that's I think Premier league it is Premier League to Santiago. Um, can anybody give me his full uh, appearances and goals, please? Um, just, just to follow up the statement that he's just brilliant. And yeah. listen, if, if Mo Salah stays at Liverpool for another three seasons and bangs in, you know, if you add up his first three seasons, get an average, and he sticks to the average for three seasons, you have a phenomenal player. You have an absolutely yeah. phenomenal player over the space of what would be six seasons. And he will go down as, and, and I'll say it again, he goes down as a better player for Liverpool than Luis Suarez. I don't yeah. care how good Luis Suarez was. Salah goes down and will be remembered more than Luis Suarez. And so will Sadio Mane, and so will Roberto Firmino. But he's an absolutely phenomenal player. Um, we done the competition the other night. Um, three retro and the way it worked was you put your name in the comments and you done all this messing around and it was grand we got a load of people in um, I sent the names to three retro today they said yeah verified them all and I said look pick a random winner just send me name, back a name they did the name that came back was Kev O'Sullivan so Kev O'Sullivan has won the competition from three retro Kev if you're watching I think he is I think he just broke a comment yeah. um, Kev if you're watching you can um, you can send me a DM on uh, Discord or whatever way, basically go on to three. Um, just get me, um, 
your name and address and stuff, just contact me and we'll sort it out one way or the other. I'll probably just give you directly to Tree Retro and they'll look after you. But Kevin Sullivan was the winner of that. One more thing, 1892 Attire. Go and check them out on Instagram and um, check out their website. But they've given you 10% off all orders um, on for the weekend. If you go in and you type in LFCDT um, on your orders on 1892 Attire over the weekend, there will be a 10% reduction as well. Lads, I want to get to... Um, can I cut in before I, you go on there, Gav? Yeah, Sorry. of course you can. Because you, you shared this as well. Tree Retro um, have a sale on at the moment. They do yes, five they special do. offers of jerseys and they have the Liverpool 1986 crown paint shirt. Um, right. And I think it's around €20. Euro. Yeah, yeah, so if anyone's looking for that, it's a good, uh, good deal. I picked one up earlier. Good stuff, good stuff. And they also have um, 10% off if you type in Tree yeah. Retro 10 in their website. So it's well worth having a look there. at their stuff there. <coughs> yeah, two deadly websites, uh, Tree Retro and 1892 Attire. Yeah. Lads, um, before we go, I just want to get your predictions on the game. And the, as always, I want a score prediction, but I want you to give me scores because that's more difficult and we enjoy that. So, Jonathan, I'm coming to you. Liverpool against Burnley or Anfield tomorrow. Give me um, a prediction and the scorers, please. 4 0, uh, 2 Salah, Mane and Bobby. Nice one. Um, just to let you know, um, Salah has 148 appearances, 94 goals, and 27 assists in all comps. Scandalous. Yeah, there's even there's even one here as well. He he's on 19, obviously this season Premier League goals. If he gets to mm. 20, he'll be the first player since Roger Hunt to score 20 plus goals in three seasons in three consecutive top flight seasons. That's the go. level of the caliber. I mean, Michael Owen never got 20 in a season. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. There you go. Um, I just wanted to let you know that because he's deadly. And yeah. anyone that doesn't get doesn't enough free... appreciation doesn't get it. No, he doesn't. Um, let me see. Avo says, do you still do the free bet, Gav? Uh, we haven't been doing the free bet. That's being honest with you. Um, but we'll have a look at that. We'll try to get something in before the end of the season with Paddy Power. Um, four nil from Jonathan, two from Salah, one from Bobby, one from Manny. Uh, Keith, what are you going for? Yeah, so I was looking at the the results since the football came back and the last few, Burnley have 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. They're, they're not big goal scorers, you know, they, they're scraping wins. But their first game back, they got absolutely marmaladed by Man City 5-0. So I think we're going to be looking along those lines. I'm going to go mm-hmm. for 5-0. And I'm going to go for 3 for Mo, 1 for Keita and 1 for Bobby. Okay. I, um, I, I think, did I have 3-1 on Brighton the other night? I have a feeling I had 3-1 on Brighton and I'm nearly sure I picked Henderson as a goal scorer. Um, I might have to go back and listen to that. Pin it to to me bio across all social (laughs) media as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, I think you're right. I think Burnley are very low scorers. Um, I think they're very basic on what they do. They can disrupt you at times, but usually Mm. when you haven't got the attitude to go and beat them. Um, I don't think there's Liverpool side of like that anymore. And even if... um, even if Liverpool are 10% off, I think they've too much for Burnley. They're safe. They've nothing to play for. They're literally treading water somewhere around probably 11th or 12th, I think. Um, now, Everton are 11th. I know that. Um, I know Everton are 11th. I always keep an eye on the, on the Blues. Burnley are 10th. Burnley are 10th. There you go. Just ahead of um, just ahead of uh, Dev. But I'm going to go... Jonathan went four. You went five. Six. I'm not going six. I don't think I go six. <laughs> I'll take no. I'll I'll, I'll take three near Liverpool. Um, yeah. I have a feeling. I think I think Salah definitely gets one. I think Minamino gets one. Nice, nice. And 
I think I'm going to go Virgil for one as well. So <laughs> there's the three players to go for. Um, don't look. Don't put a bet on and then say what Gav said it'll happen. Degsy any time. Um, and then to get a twinge and go off and yeah. not be seen for six months. Yeah. But uh, no, listen, that's that's more or less it. We're taking tomorrow night off because I think we deserve it. We've been working nearly yeah. every day now for I don't know how many weeks. We're back on Sunday. Uh, myself, Grizz, Keith, I think Matt has settled down. He was messing about for a week or two, but I think he's settled down back in Dubai. He's managed to find himself a flight back to Dubai, so I think he's okay. We are past 2,000 subscribers. Um and that means that Keith is playing the Tim Whistle on Sunday night and Grizz is singing. Which uh, so make sure you absolutely join us for that. You do not want to miss that. Um you want to be watching Aiden Team Whistle. You want to be watching, you want to be sharing, you want to be subscribing, you want to be hitting bell icons, you want to be putting all the reminders on. People keep shouting beep beep into the into the <laughs> messages, right? And Jonathan's probably looking going, What the fuck is going on here? Why the, basically what happened was Jonathan, we were doing a show the other night. Well I wasn't, I was watching the show and I kept hearing this beeping noise. And all the lads were like, what is going on here? And Grizz was just sitting there with the noise of his fire smoke alarm beeping because he needed the batteries <laughs> changing and just was going on as if, I sure they won't no, be able to happened. hear that. Um, but uh, one lad even donated three quid to him to get himself new batteries. So um, that's what the beeping's for. The beeping won't be back. Trust me, if I'm involved in any way and there's beeping going on in anyone's feet, nope. they'll just be removed. No, they'll yeah. just be removed. You just told to go up and sorted out they're not on a podcast <laughs> so um yeah that's basically it it's been a great show jonathan it's been great to have you and we'll have you on again soon i'm sure um thanks a million um i'll talk to you on sunday yeah you will indeed you good will stuff. indeed good stuff um yeah so that's it that's it that's been the um, the build-up show from the lfc day trippers congratulations to kevin sullivan who won our three retro competition congratulations to megan mccallion who won our 1892 well attire competition and of course i will contact them too in the next half an hour or so and organize everything with them it's been an absolute pleasure um as i said don't forget if you miss sunday it's your own fault over and out Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Yeah. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.